afternoon, church. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Would you all just stand with us today? Let's just worship him today. This is Easter week. Let's put our hands together.
another round of praise in this place tonight. Church, his word says, and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Who in here believes that tonight? So we sing this song together. Let's just give him thanks. Kick down, lie you won't tear down. 
deeply the Father loves you. Behold his love. Celebrate the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your kindness, God. Thank you for your compassion. Lord, thank you because you paid the price to call us sons and daughters, God. That you've looked at our lives, God. You you know us. You've knitted us together in our mother's wombs. And you know all the good that we've done, you know all the bad that we've done. You know that oftentimes that bad outweighs the good, but yet you still paid the price to call us your sons and your daughters, God. Heavenly Father, I don't even have words for that other than, oh, how he loves us, God. You love us. God, thank you so much for your presence in this place, God, for your presence our lives. Lord, right now I just pray over all New Mexico, God. There's a lot of stuff going on down south with fires. I just pray that you keep people safe, Lord. You put an end to all of that, God. 
for the city of Albuquerque, Lord. It seems as if everywhere we go, everywhere we look, things are just getting tough. And Lord, we pray your hand over this city. We pray your blessing, God. I pray a revival comes in the name of Jesus, Lord, that people turn to you and recognize that you are better than anything this world has to offer, God, that in you there is peace, there is love, there is life to the fullest, God. And I pray that you have us be a part of that change in Albuquerque, Lord, that here at New Beginnings you stir up our hearts and that you cause us to be a people who go out into the city and preach the gospel, demonstrate the gospel in the name of Jesus, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your heart, God. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give God just a shout of praise one more time? Oh, praise God. Church, why don't we take a moment to greet each other as worship comes to an end? All right, all right. I think extroverts, I think we're good now. The introverts are getting scared. (laughs) All right, before we get started tonight, we've got a couple of announcements real quick. Um, Do you guys know Easter is this Sunday? I am so excited for Easter. You know, it's so crazy, like, because this is my first year working at a church, like, and it's Easter season, and man, it's a lot of work, right? And I'm just thinking about how excited I am to share with everybody on Sunday just the celebration of the resurrection of Christ, like how beautiful that is. And so I'm I'm so excited for that. And hey, Easter is going to be one of those all hands on deck kind of deals. So if you want to volunteer for Easter, we need greeters, we need ushers, we need prayer partners. If you want to volunteer for Easter, uh, please reach out to Pastor Cindy right over here in the front row. Uh, We need your help uh, because there's a lot going on uh, and I'm, I'm talking, we're going to have an overflow room. There's going to be so much going on. It's going to be so, are you guys all coming at Easter, by the way? Like, or, like, yeah, please. And invite your friends, invite your family. You know, there, there are people who only come to church on Christmas and on Easter, you know, and I'm so excited because we're going to have so many new faces and I'm so excited to greet these new people, invite them to come and stay and I want you, church, to be a part of that, you know, because we, we have our leadership team here who does that. That's our job to go welcome people. And you as a church, we're the same body here. So this Sunday, it's game time. I'm so excited for Easter this year. And also, speaking of volunteers and stuff like that, um, food, distribution, dis- food distribution is happening this Friday on the 15th, and hey, we need volunteers for that as well. So if you're free, if you got some spare time on Friday, if you can be here at 11, or sorry, not 11, at 10.30 a.m. right here at the church, uh, we would love, love, love your help. It's always great being at these food distributions. You see so many people who are probably just here for the food, really. And it's awesome because they're coming to the church, and we are interacting with our community, getting to know the faces nearby, and it's such a beautiful experience. If you've not been a part of that yet, 
this week, I'm telling you, be here the day after tomorrow, Friday the 15th at 10.30 a.m. for food distribution. And now, also, um, that's about all the announcements we got for you right now. So youth, when I step on off stage, you can follow me back to the youth sanctuary. If there's anyone here, uh, grade 6 through 12, uh, youth can be dismissed right afterwards. Uh, but now, where's Pastor Mike? Uh, Pastor Mike is going to be sharing the word tonight, and I'm so excited. Last night, he was in his office still working. I brought him some cold pizza, so you're welcome. Uh, just welcome Pastor Mike to the stage. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good evening, church. Sorry, I had to go back and do a Superman costume change. I had to go to the back, put my microphone on, and take off my my monitors and Nothing I'm not used to. It's fine. Well, good evening, church. Man, I know Brother David touched on Easter. We're so excited that Easter is upon us. Uh, we're, we are expecting for the Lord to move in an awesome, awesome, awesome way. Amen. How many of you guys are so excited? I know you might have already cheered, but I love to hear it. Um, <clears throat> greetings uh, from Pastor Richard. I know he sends his, his greetings. He's probably in the air right now or in some terminal in Denver. Uh, if he's watching, Pastor, what's happening? Everything is just fine. <laughs> Everything is okay. All right? Everything is okay. The building is not on fire. We're okay, Pastor. It's always amazing to be in this place, man. I'm telling you, um, thank you to Pastor for allowing me to be behind this pulpit. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's not an easy thing to stand behind his pulpit. I mean, this is Richard Mansfield. To me, he's my spiritual father. So thank you, Pastor Richard. It's such an honor. So I thank him for that. But Pastor Richard has been in the middle of the series titled Living Without Regrets. And it's been such a blessing. I know it's been a blessing in my life uh, listening to these sermons um, and how we just or to live without regrets, kind of just let, let's move forward, right? Let's move forward, making every day count, making every day count, making, not having any regrets at all. And it's been such a blessing for me, and I hope the same for you. And if you've been following us uh, on Easter, I've decided tonight that I'm going to kind of throw in my own little twist, and I'm going to stay within that. And I, I told Pastor, I'm going to sneak in one more part into your sermon series Living without regrets. So next week you might have to title it number nine, as tonight would have been number eight. But I'm going to sneak one in there in the same category because um, this sermon series has been for me just so impactful that as I was studying for this, um, I'm going to give you a little story for Easter. If you guys, I, I, a few weeks ago I mentioned in our Sunday announcements. If you've not been following along with our Lenten devotional series, um, how many of you guys have just been super, honestly, just blessed by our, by our devotional series? It's on our Facebook, on our app, on our website. It's been so amazing because I love that Pastor Richard does this, and we try to do this every year. It hasn't been every single year, but it's been, for the most part, every year because you get to hear the heart of your own leadership here at New Beginnings. This devotional series, by the way, if you didn't catch it this year, put a reminder on your phone that next year, you have to follow that devotional series. 
because it's put together by your own leadership here at church. So you get to hear the heart of your leaders. I mean, you have kids, you want to hear the heart of your children's director? She wrote one. She wrote two. You have kids and youth? Brother David, he wrote two. He, I wrote one. I was supposed to write two. I'm going to get to that in a second. Because that's... <laughs> Pastor Cindy, Pastor Richard. You get to hear the heart of your lead ushers, your lead greeters. The pastors that we have here, like Brother Tomas and Sister Renee, Pastor Chris and Sonia Cleveland are pastors at UHC, your leadership here at New Beginnings. You get to hear the heart of the people that are leading the charge and the vision and the mission of this church. And so it's been important. And so as I was studying this very important devotional that I was supposed to write, I got caught behind. Now, as I do every time, when I'm behind the pulpit, I, I'm 100% transparent. With, behind the pulpit or not, I'm just always transparent. And I fell behind my deadline. And I was behind about three weeks on my deadline. And I found myself one day, they were um, delivering my brand new refrigerator to the house. And I was just there kind of supervising because that's what guys do. Because, right, we know how to do it better than the pros after all. And I'm there watching these guys put together this refrigerator in my kitchen. They're taking everything out of the box, and I'm there. I found myself, and I said, you know what? I have time to work on my devotional. Finally, I have some time to get away. So I I, I was at my kitchen table, and I'm working on this. And because I'm behind on my my devotional, I'm going right away to my go-to verse. And if you've ever had a conversation with me, about kind of anything, anything spiritual at all, you'll know that I'll go immediately to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. For me, life in the Spirit is just, it's the foundation of who we are. Life in the Spirit. Uh, besides our salvation in Christ, right? Life in the Spirit. And so I go to my go-to verse, and I'm like, okay, life in the Spirit. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I have my notepad out, and I have my computer out. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go to work. And then all of a sudden, I feel kind of like this little on my shoulder. And I'm literally having this conversation with God. And he goes, really? Galatians 5, uh, again? (laughs) And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like... I'm like running late. And he's like, and what's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with me? He said, what's that got to do with me? He goes, I'm running late. This was due three weeks ago, Lord. My deadline literally was three weeks ago. And I don't say that boastfully. Let me just preface that. I don't say that boastfully. That, oh, guess what, guys? I missed my deadline. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's, I say that ashamedly. But I did nonetheless. And I paid for it. But he said, no. What's that got to do with me? I have the message to give your people. So how about you begin with the word of prayer or something? I mean, there's an idea. How about you ask me what I want my people to read, to listen to? Fine. 
And I said, well, of course, right? I was humbled. I said, forgive me, Lord. And I pray and I'm reading. And I said, okay, Lord, then I'm going to let you lead me. I've got about an hour and a half right now before I got to get to work after these guys put together my refrigerator. So, Lord, I hate to put you on a crime crunch, but I, I got to do this in an hour and a half. And he said, okay, cool. And so I'm praying, and the Lord is teaching me, and he's guiding me, and he puts me in the book of Acts. He puts me in the book of Acts, and I'm reading book of Acts, and I'm reading chapter 2. And then I go to chapter 3. And then I read chapter 4. And tonight we're going to be in chapter 4. Because I wrote my devotional on Acts chapter 4, verse 13. If you followed along, and if you happen to read that, because when I read that, man... I, this word just popped out at me, and then I couldn't stop. I was just like, click, 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 typing away, and I just couldn't go. And I thought to myself that day, I even told my wife, man, this would be an amazing sermon. And then here I am. A few weeks later, pastor tells me, hey, guess what? I'm going to have to be out of town for this thing that I got going on. And um, Can you cover the pulpit for me? And I'm like, perfect. I got the perfect sermon. And so... Here we are. And so the Lord had already prepared my heart. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, when I read that, that was my scripture that I based my devotional on, church, 4.13. Because when I read that, there was a word that just slapped me right upside the head. And as many times as I had read Acts, the book of Acts in general, but then, you know how you start reading at the beginning and then you're like midway, you're like, okay, I'll come and finish it, and then you don't. I know I'm not alone in that. All right, then. All right, it got real quiet real quick, didn't it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But as many times I had read chapter, chapter 4, I don't know why, but this time this one really stood out at me, the word ordinary. The word ordinary just, just hit me right upside the head. Ordinary defined as with no special or distinctive features. Just normal. The word ordinary defined is with no special or distinctive features. It's just normal. Some synonyms that I looked up for the word ordinary or just everyday. It's natural, again, normal, traditional, typical, standard. And then this one kind of hit popular popular, the word ordinary. Why don't you pray with me before we go to the Lord? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, um, for tonight. Thank you for the amazing worship. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters that are here with us tonight. Thank you for what you're going to do. There's an appointment that you have set for every single one of us to be in this place tonight, Lord, and those watching from home. It's no accident. This lesson tonight, Lord, for those within the sound of my voice, Lord, 
I pray that it would dwell within the hearts of those that really, really here to seek, Lord, uh, the lesson behind this message. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the word ordinary. So, before we get into the meat of the message, I want to give you a little bit more context of why we're even talking about. So, we're talking about a lot of who's, a lot of them, they. I don't want to lose you along the way, so I'm going to explain a little bit who we're talking about. Chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, we're not going to read it, I'm just going to give you a quick breakdown. Chapter 3 is where Peter and John are entering into the temple, and this is where they go before this lame beggar entering into the temple. And this is where Peter says, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, right? He says, pick up your mat and then take off, right? Like, go, I do. I command you to stand up. And he heals the man who is crippled. So that's what happens in chapter 3. That's what we're talking about. So what we're looking at in chapter 4 is the repercussion of what they did because the chief priests, the Sadducees, were not very happy with what Peter and John had did, had done rather. They weren't happy about it at all. And so what did they do? They took him before the Sanhedrin. So all these names and titles, right? I want to explain to you a little bit about who they are. Chief priests or the priests. Those are the guys who just kind of served in the temple. So you got to remember, in these times, they didn't have, they didn't believe in Jesus. This, this is, was the beginning of the church. It wasn't like you and I who were well acquainted and we know about Jesus. Most of us grew up in some way, shape, or form knowing about Jesus. They didn't know anything about Jesus. They knew of some coming Messiah, but they definitely did not believe that it was Jesus for sure. And so they weren't happy that these guys were doing all these things in the name of Jesus. Those were the priests. The Sadducees were a group of elitists. They were almost like a political group, but for the religious side. It sounds a little too familiar these days, but that's another sermon for another day. But they were elitists. And they were very, very, very extreme people. They believed in, uh, they were literalists, if you will. So if they, if they were to believe in Jesus, and he said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, or arm for an arm, they literally would do eye for an eye. Tooth for a tooth. They would take your eye if you happen to take out this guy's eye. Like they were total extremists. Okay? They did not believe in Jesus Christ. They didn't believe in the supernatural at all. Matter of fact, all they ever believed in, and they lived their life based on the first five books of the Bible, of the, what they call the Torah. And they believed and they lived everything by the Torah and by the law of Moses. And that's who the Sadducees were. Both the priests and the Sadducees were not happy. So what they did is they ratted out Peter and John and they took them before the Sanhedrin. Now, before I was educated on this subject a few years ago, every time I heard the word Sanhedrin, I thought it was like some river. 
Am I alone? Right? Because for us, it's like the San Pedro River or the San Isidro, right? Or they were like, he, they went before the Sanhedrin. They went to the Sanhedrin. I'm not lying. That's what I thought. And I was like, oh, cool. They went to the river. That sounds, that sounds so soothing and calming. That's literally what I thought. But the Sanhedrin were not a soothe, soothing and calming river. They were quite the opposite. These guys were like the Supreme Court of the New Testament days. Okay, they were the council. They were comprised of about over 70 people, a lot of people with a lot of say-so in the community. The chief priests, it's just some very elite people, some very high-name people, high-dollar people. And so they took him before the Sanhedrin. Mind you, these are the same people that put Christ on the cross. These are the Sanhedrin. So that's who we're talking about. Just to give you a little of more context of why we're talking about Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. Because tonight we're saying, I've titled this sermon, Unordinary People. Because they said that Peter and John, that they were astonished because they were unschooled and, un, and ordinary, rather. They were unschooled and ordinary people. But were they, though? Were they, though? And how do you and I become unordinary? See, I think it seems like today, at least in the church of the U.S., I, that's all I can speak about. The church in Ukraine right now is probably a little bit different. But the church here is a little different. I believe that we've gotten a little too comfortable. I think we've gotten a little too lax in that we are too comfortable just blending in. A little too comfortable just blending in. We don't fear God in that healthy way. You get what I'm saying? But am I alone in that? No. I believe that you and I, we can talk. I think you and I should, can, but mostly I think you and I, we must walk in the authority that we have been given. We cannot blend in anymore. You and I have to walk, talk, and live in that authority that we've been given. Not like ordinary people. Man. And tonight we're going to explore how two just ordinary dudes, just like me and you, how they did that. How they did that. So turn with me. Now stay right there in Acts. But we're going to read a little bit more. We're going to read all that, that whole section. We're going to go through that. We're going to go through verses 5 to 10. The next day... The council and all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in two disciples, they brought in the two disciples rather, and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit. 
said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. The man, the man you crucified, but by whom God raised from the dead. Wow. So here's this ordinary guy standing before the Sanhedrin Supreme Court. How does that guy just clap back to the Supreme Court like that? Tell me, I'll tell you well, with such boldness and clarity and strength. Now, he didn't do it meekishly. He wasn't like, oh, well, I kind of did it because, well, you see what had happened was. Mm-mm. He was like, no, no, know this. No, he stood up and he said, know this. And he just like slapped them upside the head in a Christian kind of way. But how did he do it? And I'll tell you how. Verse 8 tells us this. Right at the beginning, he says he was what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, Peter had become possessed at that point by the Holy Spirit. Don't let the word possessed because it has a negative connotation because you've watched The Exorcist a few too many times. He was possessed by the Holy Spirit. He was possessed by the Holy Spirit. And when you let the Holy Spirit take over, it's done. It's done. You see, and Peter wasn't taken aback. He stood there like, hey, you thought I was surprised this was going to happen. What? No, look what tells us in the book of Luke, chapter, uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 11 to 12. He says, and when Jesus, Jesus talking, this is red letters here. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you need to say. So Peter's standing there like, hey. I was told this was going to happen. You're not surprising me one bit. I'm just going to stand here and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Are you doing that? Are we doing that? You see, Peter wasn't surprised because what you have to remember is that all ministry, all ministry, every aspect of ministry, anything that you're doing for the ministry, anything that you're doing in the name of the Lord should be and needs to be, has to be founded by one thing. The Holy Spirit. That's right, because if you're doing it without the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're not doing God's work, you're doing your work, which might be good. I'm not saying it's bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. But this dude is standing before the Sanhedrin. <laughs> and he is slapping him. He's slapping him. And so that's Peter. Peter was being used as a vessel. He was used as a conduit in that moment. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit. The council who had called them ordinary or just common. Funny side note, by the way. 
The word common, if you translate it now back down to the Greek, comes with, you'll, you'll appreciate this if you know me well enough, uh, is the word idiotes. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> but I digress. Worthy to note that the council was astonished. The council was astonished by these two guys. These two what? Idiotes. <laughs> now, it doesn't carry the same connotation back then than it does now. Back then it just meant common, just like, eh, just some normal dudes, but not, not what we mean it today, right? But still, I think it's funny. These guys aren't from no metropolis or from the uptown or from the good side of town. In our world, we'd say these guys aren't from Tanawan. These guys aren't from there. No, these guys. So they were astonished. But they were astonished because they spoke so boldly. So boldly. Yet they were common. So they started thinking, they go, are they common? Well, here we go. At the end of verse 13, it tells us this. They spoke so boldly, but it led them to one thing, church. It led them to one thing. They said, I've seen this before. Just not too long ago, we had another guy standing before us who was speaking just like these guys. We sent him to Calvary. These guys were recognized as having been with Jesus. It tells us right there. Look at the text. It tells them. Where is it? They're recognized. They're recognized. They were recognized as being with Jesus. They said they were recognized as being with Jesus. Just a few weeks ago, not long ago, Jesus stood before them. The exact same council where Peter says, hey, it's the one you crucified, remember? Oh, by the way, he rose again. He literally said it in the text. Who you crucified, but he rose again. Man, talk about another jab. And he, they heard Jesus did and they understood it. But yet again, another common, ordinary guy like Jesus was before them. And they're seeing the whole thing play out all over again. It's almost as if they're like, am I getting punked here? I don't know if you guys remember the movie, The Three Amigos. Anybody, right? Where he goes, are gringos falling from the sky? Right? Are you guys remember that part? Yeah. This guy's going, what? Are ordinary guys falling from the sky? That's what I think of. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but forgive me. But that's what I see. But these guys were recognized as being with Jesus. Let's move forward. 14 to 16 tells us this. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. 
And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. I don't know. I don't know. Is this thing on? Okay. We can't deny. You missed a good part where you could be like, amen. We can't deny, amen, that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. They can't deny it. This guy is standing right before them. The proof is right in front of them. There's this guy. They have the chief priest who walk in this temple every single day. The Sadducees are walking around judging people every single day. Sadducees, where are you at? Oh, wrong service, my bad. Oh, what? What happened? <laughs> but these guys are walking in every single day, and they know. They, this guy's a staple. I don't know. I, I grew up in the South Valley, and I'm no longer there. I moved out the hood. I thank God for that. I ain't going front. But I used to shop at Price Right. How many Price Writers we got? Yeah, boy. And when it would get a little cold, my, little, my daughters, my, my two girls, we knew that when we go to Price Right and it was just about Christmas time, what's popular around here around Christmas time? Puñuelos y quemas. Oh, there we go, right? So we had this lady, right? You knew that when you went to Price Right, you were going to get down from your car and you'd hear this lady, this faint voice from... From what? Tamales, calientitos, tamales, calientitos. I knew that when I was going to go to Price Right, I estaba la tamalera. She was right there. I knew it. I knew what to expect. And the priest knew that every time they were going to walk in, the guy that was standing before them was the guy that they thought, they just saw the day before begging, not able to walk. The proof was right there. And they said, we can't deny it. We just can't deny it. But the problem was, it's not that they can't believe. The problem was that they didn't want to believe. Oh. I don't want to believe. I just don't want to believe. Notice all of this is kind of happening. They, they kind of pull Peter and John aside and they go, eh, you guys can go away. I don't know about you. Again, here's my mind. They go into the corner. They're like, it's kind of how I picture the doctor. And they're like, okay, sir, what are your symptoms? Do you hear my symptoms? Okay, sir. He walks away to his office. And he's like, oh, what the heck was that? Ooh. Oh, I've never seen that before. That's what I picture. I'm like, why does he leave? I thought he went to school for like 17 years. Anyway, that's just me. But they're conferring among themselves. And I fear that, because they're kind of like, what are we going to do with these guys? Man, what, hey, seriously, what are we going to do? Look, 17 to 20. But to keep them from spreading the propaganda any further, 
we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, You think? Hold up. Oh, what? Maybe you didn't hear me the first time. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up one minute. Do you really think? Now, this is my inter, right? The new Michael translation. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? You think we're going to do what you want us to do? He says, now here's this. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen in her. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen in her. And it's like, bang, there it is. You see, these men were steadfast, immovable, steadfast in what they believed. They never once wavered. Not once did they waver. Why? You see, we can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard, he said. Why? I can't help it. I can't help it. (laughs) Now I'm telling you, I can't help it. I can't help telling you guys about it. Because when you witness the miracles and the things that God is doing, you cannot help but give Him praise. You cannot help but scream it. And you can't help but give Him the glory that He's due. You can't help it. You just can't help it. You just can't help it. And some of you in this house tonight, some of you tonight sitting in this place are some of those miracles. And I can't help telling about you. I know I'm one of those miracles. I know my daughter is one of those miracles. My brother, my brother's one of those miracles, man. My brother shouldn't be alive today. My pastor, your pastor, our pastor is one of those miracles. And it says, I can't help it. You want me to shut up about this? Mm -mm. I can't help it. You see, if you and I are going to become unordinary people, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's a continuous filling. It's a continuous filling. You can't expect to come to this service on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning and say, I'm good. 
I'm good. No, you see, you stay connected. You serve. You grow. You study. You teach. That's how you continue to fill your cup. Because you can't do those things without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You can't fulfill ministry without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You have to be recognized as being with Christ. Are you being recognized as being with Christ? Now that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because the second we walk out of here, things change, don't they? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I know. Things change. It's true. Social media hits us. Our friends hit us. Tomorrow's ladies' night at Dirty Bourbon, ain't? <laughs> huh, what? Mm, not going to get that one by me. But I'm telling you, are you being recognized that you're with Christ? Are you bearing that fruit that you are with Christ? And then finally, we need to be steadfast. Pastor has been hitting this so hard. John 16, 33. John 16, 33. In this life, you will have trials and tribulations, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You see... It's easy to walk the walk when things are good. But these guys are standing before the very council that put Christ on the cross. And they stood steadfast before them. Saying, no, we're the same guys. We believe the same thing. Like it or not, eventually... They gave up after a few more threats and they just let them go because people were praising them too much and they were afraid too much of what the crowd might do. That's, again, another sermon for another time. But I'm telling you, are you steadfast? Do you believe what you believe? Do you believe what you believe? Tonight, church, I mean... We can't be ordinary any longer. We can't be ordinary any longer. Because at the beginning of the sermon, we read the definition of ordinary. And we gave some synonyms. Some of those antonyms for normal and everyday and popular, well, they're unpopular and not normal and weird. And you take it from there, right? But one of those antonyms is the word special. Peculiar. You and I, we're a peculiar people. We are a peculiar people. You see, to be unordinary, church baptisms are coming up on the 24th. And if you have not been baptized, is that weird for you? Is that too weird for you? 
Well, good. Then you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Is that too weird for you? Is the Lord calling you to serve, but you're like, I can't do that. I'm too popular to serve. Hmm. That's a little too ordinary. I tell you. Then guess what? Begin to serve. Begin to grow. Sign up for adult education courses. You can sign up to serve on our app and on our, on our website. You can talk to any one of us, but the Lord is calling you to take that next step. But you know what? Peter and John were just a couple of ordinary guys. They were just a couple of ordinary guys until one day, just another ordinary guy, at least by the world standard, another ordinary guy from Nazareth approached them. And he said, hey, why don't you follow me? And they said, yes. That was unordinary to say yes to some stranger. Am I lying? Am I alone in that? Because I wouldn't do that. Are you saying yes to him? Are you saying yes to the Lord? I don't know if tonight, church, there's anybody here that has never said yes to him. I don't know if he's touching your heart right now. I don't know if you're at home watching, listening to this, asking yourself, have I ever really said yes? But I want to invite you tonight. If you've never, ever said yes to him, Peter and John said yes. And they began their journey to become unordinary people. They were just two ordinary guys with an extraordinary God. You and I, ordinary people, blue-collar guys. Some of you educated, some of you not. It doesn't matter. Some of us are, some of us aren't. What matters is that we say yes to this call. To not be ordinary to our friends, to our family, to our coworkers. Let's not be ordinary. And if tonight you want to make that commitment, I want to invite you. And if you have not made that commitment, and you've never said yes to Jesus, and you want to do that now, I invite you to raise your hand. Anybody here? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else want to make that commitment tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we celebrate my sister? Why don't you come up, sis? Why don't you stand? Why don't you stand right where you're at? We want to pray with you. Brother Tomas, why don't you stand with her? Why don't you surround her, my brother? Why don't we pray this? Church, will you pray this with us and with my sister? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. I accept you as my Savior, Jesus. Come into my heart. Make me unordinary. Fill me with your spirit. 
Lord, I believe that you died and that you were buried and that you rose on the third day for the redemption of my sins. And I thank you for that, Jesus. And I dedicate my life to you now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate my sister? Amen. <laughs> Brother Chris, Pastor, will you, will you take my sister? Why don't you follow Pastor Chris out? And he's going he's gonna, to, thank you, Jesus. God, Lord, thank you, Lord. Amen. What a beautiful, what a beautiful commitment. That leaves the rest of us. Brother David stood up here just a little while ago and he said that we needed Easter volunteers. Is the Lord calling you at least to do that? I invite you to take the next step. I invite you just to take the next step, family. Why don't you stand with me tonight? As you examine yourself tonight, I want you to pray as we close in prayer. And I want you to examine and ask the Lord. Maybe I'm being a little too ordinary. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you know you're really shining, and that's good. Maybe there's an area in your life where you're saying, Lord, I really need to change this area in my life where it's really hindering me from really being that unordinary guy, that unordinary girl in my walk with you. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, uh, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the encouraging word, Lord, that we don't have to have a master's degree, Lord, to be in ministry. That we don't have to have a doctorate, Lord, because I know I don't, being behind this pulpit. I'm just an ordinary guy. But I can't stop telling them how good you are about the things that you have done. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. As we walk out of this place here tonight, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we not walk out the same way we walked in. Not your ordinary people. But that we continue the infilling of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, be with us. Heavenly Father, and thank you for this time together with my brothers and my sisters, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, Sunday, why don't we give them a round of just praise. God is good. Thank you, Lord, for his word tonight. But church, Sunday is Easter service. And I charge you with this. Bring two people that you know that really need to hear the message of hope. It's not about the attendance factor. Let me just clear that up. It's about the hope factor that they need to hear. Okay? And if you normally come to second service, which is kind of typically packed, I'm going to ask you for a favor. Will you come to first service? Because usually our newcomers come to second service. So if you normally come to second service, it'd be awesome if you come to first service, but I'm not going to fault you for that. We do have an overflow room, so just an FYI. But I'm going to charge you with that. Bring two people with you. Bring just two people with you. Invite them, because guess what? Honestly, this is not 
And I'm not trying to be like super cheesy. It's not ordinary. It really isn't. It's not ordinary to invite somebody to Easter service. It's not. It's, I know it's weird. But step out of that comfort zone. I charge you with that. Be blessed, church. I'll see you on Sunday. Let's give a shout of praise to the Lord tonight. Love you, church.